This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Joshua. We are in the midst of tinker season. Now, tinker season, it launched sooner than we thought it, it was going to be. We did our price predict- prediction episode last week ahead of this weird series of price predictions. We were talking. <laughs> yep. With FPL, was it the ultimate flex for their first price drop to be Fabianski? Or was that just a really poor marketing decision on their part. You know, we're, we're, we're on pins and needles waiting for Robertson to be announced. What's going on with, with Kuhn and with Kane? Fabianski, that's what they led with. <laughs> I know, it, it was, was like weird. Fabianski, five billion keeper. Right, okay, great. Uh, no one no one was <laughs> yeah. that interested. Total, uh, total yeah. hit job on Fabianski. Like five million, <laughs> okay, he's not going to be in a single team unless, the, <laughs> unless you're a diehard hammer. Yeah, exactly. It was it the whole the whole thing was it was a huge shock. I mean, then you know to to launch the prices on Wednesday afternoon, kind of late in the day, uh, if I recall, and then uh, and then launch the game uh, the next morning. A little bit of anti-American bias, I have to say. I, I had a, we both had very good low numbers this season. So your you know your number is the number you are when you sign up for the game, right? Yeah. So I think last year you were what like five thirty or something like that. Five hundred thirty thirteen. 513. Yeah. So, and I was 1997. So, uh, yeah, this year I'm like 12,614. And I, I know that's low out of like 6 million or whatever, or whatever it yeah. ends up being, but it feels very high. To, it feels almost shameful. I have to say yeah. how high that number yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. I'm 11. I'm just, uh, in under you at 11,927. So we've, we've got our team IDs, which means we've updated, uh, our alwayscheating.com about page. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to check out our team histories and ranks from previous seasons, head over to alwayscheating.com, the about page, and you've got links to our teams. You can verify our team IDs right there. And as we talked about last week, Josh, the new game in town is this. 
can you beat your team ID this season? So our, <laughs> right. our challenge is to for me to finish above overall rank above uh, 11,927 or below that and you uh, uh, below 12,000. Yeah, and I, I think some of our listeners came in at like thirty-seven overall. So the pressure is pressure is really on <laughs> yeah. a handful of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so the game the game is live. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's really exciting. It it's earlier than both of us predicted on last week's podcast. I thought I, July fifth. I was so certain it was going to come out that day. Uh, full week in advance. There was a moment of like kind of panic. You know, just given like, you know, we we were like we kind of knew where we were, you know, at the game and, and we have like a little bit of a podcast schedule. And so uh, there was a moment of panic. And then it was like, this is great. This is like one extra week. This is great for everybody. It's one extra week to 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 fall in love and hate your team one million <laughs> extra times. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's that's very exciting. Brandon, I did want to note uh, we have a new the always treating Super League. Uh, it's been updated. So if you are just. You know, if, if you if you just been in the league at any previous point, you will you will remain in the league. Uh, if not, you now have to. There's no auto join anymore. I think this probably has to do with like the European like right to be forgotten or something. Like maybe you can't <laughs> like you know this Which legal is thing the, that the happened. Mo- it's the most depressing right I've ever heard of. Like, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's better to burn out than fade away. Right. Yeah, it's of, like something uh, like, a char- like, like a Toy Story character would say or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, if you go to fantasy, the, so, you know, the website, fantasypremierleague.com, and then uh, you can go to the league tab or basically you just put in league slash join slash private. Uh, but you can just go through the, go to the league tab and go through all of these very annoying hoops. If you do that, then you go to code, uh, you put in code, DTZ277. This is also up on our Twitter, Facebook page, and website. Mm-hmm. Uh, put that code in and uh, you can join our league. And the winner gets to have uh, their pick of anything they want from the Always Cheating Shops. That can be a mug, a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, um, whatever. And uh, we'll just we'll ship that to you for, for free when the season's done. Yeah. And uh, we I guess we have to decide, are we going to bow to our UK listeners and say Zed when we talk about our league code? DTZ no, definitely not. I will say football <laughs> instead of soccer because I, I think I do like yeah. the sound of that more, like in my head now. Uh, but I, I can't say Zed. Never. Never yeah, Zed. Yeah. So that's it. Go go join the Super League if you haven't already been automatically put in there. We had more than 6,000 managers in there last season. Um, it's a lot of fun. Another quick update, some housekeeping, Patreon. We're updating our Patreon tiers. So you go to patreon.com slash always cheating. That's the place where we send our loyal listeners to you know, throw a buck in the bucket of support to say thank you. We offer lots of cool stuff in return like uh, Slack chat forums, extra podcasts, uh, and various leagues. So uh, we're updating the the tiers. We are in, in honor of our new Norwich City striker. We have the uh, Pookie Patron tier, and that's mm-hmm. our Slack tier. The entry Lord level Sorloth tier. Remains. Yeah, the entry level tier for, for Pookie. Lord Sorloth remains, and that's the level at which you get access to a second Always Cheating podcast every week. Uh, once the season kicks off, so that's all 38 game weeks. You're getting a second Always Cheating podcast exclusively as a Patreon supporter. And then at the next level, at the Volkswagen tier, that's where we're going to launch our new uh, 2019-20 head-to-head league just for our Patreon supporters at that league, uh, at that tier and above. And then, of course, our beloved producers are at the highest tier. So many other cool bells and whistles come at the producer level, like t shirt 
mail. We'll send you a postcard. Uh, you get to pick a topic for a Patreon exclusive podcast, all sorts of cool stuff. So uh, if, if you're interested in supporting us this season, just go to patreon.com slash always cheating. That's right. And uh, we'll probably talk about that a couple thousand more times this year. So, but that's the longest I think we'll ever talk about it. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You can see all the tiers you can sign up. It takes like 30 seconds to do. Uh, and we will get back to you with the message right away with uh, league codes and other, other information. So, uh, and just a quick thank you. We actually have some new uh, patrons already. Aaron Gray, Sean D, Ryan Riggs. Thank you to uh, all three of these new Embakani, uh, soon to be Pookie patrons. Uh, and then one quick producer thank you as well. Thank you to Andy Penn, our newest producer. Uh, so, Brandon, uh, kind of, you know, still funky early preseason pods, um, but the, what, what is the theme of this week's episode? The theme is 10 questions. Uh, we, you know, it's the new season, it's new always cheating, it's mm-hmm. new FPL. We're going to set 10 simple questions we have about the new season. We're going to talk about Good value, bad value. It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't have a section solely devoted to goalkeepers. Um, various various strategies that we have percolating in our mind, questions we have about the game as we just uh, dip our toes into it. That's right. Uh, so let's, let's take a quick break and we'll get right into those questions. All right, Brian, we're back. As you just mentioned, 10 questions about the 2019-20 Fantasy Premier League season. Let's jump right into those 10 questions, Brian. We also have a few uh, questions from listeners um, sort of interspersed uh, in these questions. These are just questions that I thought about um, sort of sitting under an apple tree uh, earlier today, gazing off into the distance, uh, writing poetry. Mm-hmm. and uh, It's good uh, to be you, Josh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, was, I had a piece of straw in my mouth as I was thinking out these questions. Uh, okay. First one is uh, based on the price that they came in, right? So the price that all these players had when the game launched last week, what players mm-hmm. do we think are the best value, right? Like one of the biggest okay. parts of the game is just, you know, value for money. Who strikes you as the best value? Just sort of like first impressions. Well, I guess the biggest shock to me was Harry Kane coming in at 11 million Mm -hmm. and Kane has generated a fair amount of discussion amongst the FPL diehards this past week. And I think a lot of people have been leaving Kane out of their draft. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to talk about many of the issues why, you know, loading up in the defense, focusing on premiums in the midfield, not much money left up front. Also concerns about Kane and his August curse and he's, a bit out of form since his his injury at the end of last season, but still 11 million for a striker of Harry Kane's caliber. I can't help but believe he is good value, and he has been uh, pretty consistent in in my many tinkers with my my current squad. So I'm picking Harry Kane at 11 million as as he, he I have a good value insofar as I think he will outperform that 11 million price tag. Maybe that means he performs at a 12 million price tag. I actually feel the same way. Um, I mean, you know, it's sort of, I, 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 I actually had like a really top heavy team at the start and I've sort of moved. It's so funny the way these sort of templates start right away, you know, and, and they're going to keep changing, you know, because I mean, we haven't even, the game launched so early that we don't even have preseason matches yet. You know, I yeah. mean, there's all these, the you know, gold cup is just in the quarterfinals right now. You have, uh, you know, Copa America, I think maybe they're in the semifinals now. Um, you know, the African cup of nations is still happening too. So we are yeah. very early on in this process. And so 
you know, you asked me earlier about how many times I've tinkered with my team. It really just that that first day, and I haven't looked at my team since. I mean, I'm just not that interested right now in trying to build the best starting eleven. Um, I don't see that as a a productive use of my time. You know, I'd rather sort of think about these players, learn more about the promoted teams, learn more about the players that are that are moving around, or um, you know, that may that may join. You know, I just on a transfer over the summer. Um, all that team stuff, I feel like that stuff can be worked out a week or two before the season starts. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's I know true. That it's not it's, worth it's, your time, Josh. I think what we fun need to do. you is under under that apple tree thinking about the big thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's where we really need you. But uh, <laughs> so, so it sounds like it sounds like we both agree, though, that it, it looks like Harry Kane could be set up for um, for a good season at 11 million. A couple other players that jumped out at me as potentially good value would be James Madison. I think he could conceivably be underpriced at $7 million, especially when you look at I – mean, we only have one season of looking at James Madison in the Premier League with mm-hmm. Leicester. I thought he, he kind of uh, did what they said he was going to do. He was a set-piece maestro, uh, scored a couple of brilliant free kicks – uh, scored a couple, of, uh, scored a handful of goals in open play. If he improves, I think he'll definitely exceed that seven million price tag value. Especially if you, you're um, looking at all the pressure that we're now putting on Ryan Fraser at seven point five million. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that seven. He had seven goals and seven assists last season, which is you know great for a debut season, as you, as you just mentioned. Uh, and, you know, I think that he had to play under Claude Puel for two thirds of the season. You know, I mean, Claude Puel is, is, you know, hardly an inspired manager. The, that guy ran the entire team through Mark Albrighton, you know, that sort of tells you everything yeah. you know about, about that Leicester squad. And, you know, I think that when the team was a little more sort of unshackled, you know, when, um, when Brent Rogers took over, um, I think that, you know, I think it sort of loosened the entire team up a little bit. And yeah. uh, obviously we saw massive yeah. returns from Vardy down the stretch too. You know, Vardy is another player who you and I predicted would be nine five nine point five. He came in at 9 million. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, a little bit of value, I think, across the board with Lester. Although uh, Pereira did come in at a sort of disappointingly high 6 million, which feels uh, a bit, a bit rich uh, for, yeah. you know, for only, only 10 clean jeans in the <laughs> season last year. Um, you know, some goal threat, some assist threat for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you about another striker, Olivier Giroud, mm-hmm. seven million. Okay, so it's it's it, so many uncertainties with Chelsea, uh, with Lampard presumably coming in, Tammy Abraham and Bashuai coming back off their loan deals. Maybe uh, who will be the favored striker? Giroud at seven million. Good, bad, medium. What do you think? Well, I, I don't really have an opinion on him yet. I mean, because I think it's I mean it's a good price for sure, but I mean, is he this is he the first string striker? Is he the second string? Is he third string? Um I, I, I don't I don't know that I'd necessarily expect him to be below Tammy Abraham in the pecking order, but Botch, why? I mean, possibly. I mean, you know, Giroud turns thirty-three in late September. Um actually he shares a birthday with my daughter. How about that? He turns thirty-three when my daughter turns three. How do you like that? Uh, there's some, some kind of some serendipity poetry right there. there. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Botchwai actually is the one that I, I would be sort of interested in, but I mean, I think, I that, mean, how could you not be interested in Botchwai after uh, that incredible season he had with Crystal Palace? <laughs> you know, he's not even in the game yet right now, is he? He's like, he's not even listed. So that like, we didn't even like add that as one of our 10 questions, but if I had an 11th question, it'd be where are all the other players? Like, why, why are there just all of these players missing from the game right now? It's, it's like the leftovers, right? They were just raptured and, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Poor Christian Pulisic is just somewhere in the afterlife yeah. right now. Why has Pulisic still not been added? That's a weird one. I, I mean, I thought that Batshuayi, was he in like a two-year loan deal and they're recalling him for it or something? I, I don't know why he's not listed in the game right now. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, but Giroud, I mean, I, I just think he's he's too old. And I I, I mean, I, you know, I think that... You're too old, fat man. Old. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not feeling the Giroud. I'd rather take a chance on... Uh, you know, maybe, I mean, the, you know, the, the kind of the, you know, I guess Josh King is the name that a lot of people are tossing around. I think, um, yeah. um, you know, I also think that, um, that Watford's, um, Delafeo is uh, another interesting mm-hmm. option. I thought he would come in around 7.5 million. He came in at 6.5 million. Um, and yeah, he put up really good numbers and he missed, you know, a handful of matches. I think it was like seven matches at the start of last season. Um, and that team is pretty stable year over year. So, um, I think there could be a lot of value in that team in general. I mean, Watford is a team that like just really constantly reinvents itself, but we've never really had a season with them where they just kind of kept most of their players year over year, um, and kept their manager at that too. You know, they always drop their manager. So, you know, that could be, that could be an interesting thing to watch uh, him. I think there are there are a lot of great st- or interesting, compelling strikers at that magic six point five price tag. Mm-hmm. Josh King, as you mentioned, then you have Barnes and Chris Wood at uh, Burnley. I think Burnley could be an interesting team this season. I think Burnley looked exceptional toward the not exceptional is overstating it. Once they got over their Europa League travels and then hangover, yeah. thought they looked much better as did uh, Barnes and Wood. Yeah. You've got Pookie. At Norwich, Dini and De La Feu, both at 6.5. Jota, as you mentioned. So, yeah, th- that's going to be a fun price point yeah. for strikers. My boy, Billy Sharp, came in at $6 million. Not bad. Not too bad. I mean, could be bad. I'm not sure. He's older than Drew. So, pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just one right. one last note on the uh, on the players where I might see some value. Uh, I, you know, I think Man United and uh, Arsenal both uh, just – if you haven't listened back to last week's, uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we did a um, kind of a guess the price podcast, or we just picked about fifty, maybe maybe close to sixty players, and uh, just tried to guess their price, like what they would come in at, you know, based on uh, what their returns were last year, what their historical returns were, uh, and then we actually gridded it out and we put it on a, a shared doc that um, anyone can access. It's in our in our tweets if you want to come go take a look at it um and then we just listed our predicted prices the actual price what their price was at the start of last season and uh, we color coded it so you can see where the players came in higher or lower and i'm finding Mm -hmm. it very useful to look at this because it's sort of it's interesting to know what your perspective was before you saw these prices because once you see the prices you can kind of start telling a story you know that sort of it makes sense but it's it's good to know what your story was before the league told you what their price was, you know, it's, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh-huh. So, but I mean, you yeah, know, I hear you. But when it comes to, you know, like Aubameyang and Lacazette, you know, you and I were both way over on that. You were a million over on Aubameyang. You thought he'd come in at 12. He came in at 11. Hmm. Um, you know, Lacazette was the same way. You know, he came in at 9.5 million. So they both had the same starting price they had last season. And, you know, Aubameyang was a co-winner of the Golden Boot last season. You know, 22 goals yeah. and uh, you would expect even more continuity, you know, the second year under the same manager. So, um, and then Man United, I think, is the interesting one because uh, their players pretty consistently came in lower than we expected as well, almost across the board. I mean, someone like Daniel James came in at 1.5 million less than you and I guessed, you know. 
Yeah. We got six million yeah. would be an astounding price tag for Daniel James if we had any sort of thought that he was locked into a starting position. Sure. Um, but even if we're talking about game week seven or something, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't I don't plan to have my team at the start, but um I think that's that's an interesting one. But even someone like um I mean if Pogba stays, you know, he's eight point five million, probably won't stay. Um, you know, Lukaku, 8.5. We, we didn't actually list Sanchez, but Alexis Sanchez came in at 7 million. I mean, that's an insanely Unreal. low price if he actually decides he's going to try this year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be helped, but he, he kind of famously dragged for Arsenal whenever he came back from uh, a deep run in the true. Copa America. That's true. That's so, true. Yeah. It doesn't feel like some of these cups are a little um, earlier than they've been in previous years. I, I don't know. It feels like the Cup of America is going to be done like fairly, like with, with quite a bit of time before the season starts. I don't know. Maybe that's just. I, I don't really even understand what time is anymore, <laughs> especially when it comes to football, because it's just always happening. Yeah. Whether you like it. That's true. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's June 30th and we're doing fantasy podcasts. So I don't, I don't know what's going on either. Yeah. yeah. Brandon, we got a couple of questions uh, related to this topic. Uh, TRPLR on our Slack says, I'd like to know your thoughts and go with just one premium player, Salah or Mane, um, and packing the rest of the team with value picks. So both of us, you know, talked about having Keen already. So I think the answer for both of us is uh, we're going to have at least two. But, you know, how are you yeah. dealing with this question right now? Everyone seems so expensive. <laughs> Everyone seems so expensive, especially in the defense. And big defense is something we'll have to talk much more about. But um, my goal with my early drafts was to fit three specific premium players into the tinker. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, and Sadio Mane. Salah and Mane, I think this will be the big debate going into game week one. African Cup of Nations fatigue set aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not able to make all three of them work in my team. So I'm leaning toward two if we're considering Kevin De Bruyne to be kind of a budget premium pick. Yeah, so, $5 million doesn't feel very feel, budget, budget to me. That feels like yeah. that feels premium. So I mean, I think the expectation was start big at the back and then work from there. But as I started with that plan, I started to see all the holes in my attacking points potential. Mm-hmm. And I started to lean again on these premium attacking players, the likes of Kane. Maybe it's just a comfort blanket approach, but I mean I I know you you like to deploy heavy attack. You're a big fan of three strikers up front. Right. Well, I mean, not necessarily up front as in like as forwards, but um, yeah, but having at least like three expensive players. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of it, I just think it's easier to uh, makes the captain decision easier. Um, You know, I'm just not a player who's very comfortable captain and a defender. Uh, And having Captain Duffy infamously in uh, the double game week last year, uh, it may be many decades before I can comfortably captain a captain and defender again. Um, I don't know. Right now I've got Mane and Kane. I would like to have Salah. I, I'm also fine if I have Mane. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of, <laughs> yeah. is is the Salah, like, is this amazing season just going to kind of continue to recede a little bit, you know, as he, is, is his real, is his true level, you know, something closer to what he did last season? Um, and and yeah. if so, is he really worth 12.5 million? I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, you know? Um, I mean, we certainly had some real, some real fallow periods last year with Salah, you know? And so I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely a little like, 
a little concerned about about having him. And I'm not even sure that I totally trust him as a captain pick right now. I mean, honestly, you know, the Kane the Kane one is interesting because I think that, um, you know, I, 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 I he has this kind of terrible August goal scoring record, but I'm just gonna kind of treat it like it's nonsense. I mean, I know that it's true, but I, I it, to me, it's like a, it's a fluke. You know, it's a statistical anomaly i'm not a superstitious person I, are you a superstitious i'm person? not no and um you know i just don't see it as you know and to be honest i think he's got a great run of fixtures to start the season as well um there's a question here from uh from the great matthew jones he says is any premium attacker apart from salah assuming you have him really worth the price from game week one uh and to me Having Harry Kane for a home match against the promoted Aston Villa, which could be much like Fulham last year, a team that's completely rebuilt before it actually joins the mm-hmm. Premier League. Um, home to Aston Villa, home to Newcastle two weeks later with a brand new manager um, and uh, presumably not quite the same tightness that the back that, you, that they had under Rafa uh, Benitez. And then they play Arsenal away in game week four, which I think is a great fixture too, uh, followed by Crystal Palace yeah. in game week five without... Um, uh, without Aaron Wambasaka any longer, you know? So mm-hmm. he's got four out of five great fixtures to start the season. I mean, yeah, gaming two way to Man City isn't great, but I, I sort of think we're past that time now. Like the football is so attacking that I think it's, I think it's fine to have Kane for that game week two fixture, you know? I mean, if it was a run of bad fixtures, maybe, but just the one, that doesn't bother me too much. We talk a lot about bus teams and always cheating, and that's setting your team uh, uh way in advance so in case you get hit by a bus you still have a solid team going into the next game week i guess you could call this my my barge team like because we're so far out Mm -hmm. if i get hit by a slow moving canal barge (laughs) you'll still have a decent team that i'm happy with yeah um and harry kane is is my captain on my barge team so um i feel you i think i think that's exactly right so we talked a lot about good value Mm -hmm. Let's switch gears, Josh, and talk about worst value. So the game launched. Who jumped out at you as being overpriced, poor value for FPL? Well, I thought the Wolves' assets were too were too expensive. Um, you know, I think well, not even necessarily too expensive, but they just came in at the prices I expected, which I think are too high uh, to have them. You know, I mean, uh, it was nice that uh, um, you know that Jimenez came in at a lower price than expected. I thought he'd come in at nine million. <laughs> Uh, he came in at 7.5. Would you actually guess correctly, uh, to your credit? To my everlasting credit. Uh, yeah, to your everlasting credit. Um, you know, but I think that, I mean, you know, Doherty coming in at 6 million. I mean, come on. Like, that team doesn't play defense. And, okay, they play defense fine. But, like, they're just not, like, they're not a super tight team, you know? And they're just... They're, the clean sheets are hard to come right. by. Right. The clean sheets are hard to come by. They win a lot of matches, but the clean sheets are hard to come by. Uh, they defend well enough to win, uh, but not well enough mm-hmm. from a fantasy perspective. And um, yeah, at six million, and and Johnny coming at five point five was hugely disappointing. Um, I you know I thought he would be a great option at five million, but at five point five, uh, you know yeah. I just I just don't see it. And you know they're playing Europe for the first time, uh, and who knows how long uh, starting this fall. Um, they have a really poor run of fixtures to start the season. Um, I am just, I'm very much out on Wolves. And so I just, I don't see a lot of value there. Yeah, I totally agree. When I first booted up the game and um, uh, started removing players from my auto select team, the first guy I went to was your guy. You brought him in and had a good run with Dwight McNeil Mm -hmm. at Burnley. Um, And I thought this guy, uh, he's on the verge of becoming a, a standout 
midfielder at Burnley and a great uh, sort of assist man uh, out wide for Burnley. Six million. I feel like they priced him out of the game. That was too high for him. So for me, there are players like Dwight McNeil where I was kind of excited to try out and and see where the delta was with them. But they're overpriced. Yeah. Or at the very least, they're not good value. You know, I mean, I think that's that's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it. He may end up being worth his price. I mean, I think that just to to watch him play is to see a player that is really valuable. And you know, it could be that he just you know, if, if he'd come in at five point five million, he would have made a mockery of that price uh, early on. I mean, even even you know, he may do that with six million as well. I mean, I don't think he's going to score fifteen goals this year, but um, you know, could he score like a could he have a James Madison last year type season? You know, seven goals, seven assists. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems very reasonable to me. Yeah. Uh, and if so, then then six million would be would be a good price. But yeah, I agree. I was I was really hoping he'd come in at five point five. Um, I had a line here that I wrote down in the show notes about just why is every player on Crystal Palace priced like they're about to move to a bigger club? Like why is everyone mm-hmm. so expensive on that team? Like are they are they good? Uh-huh. Like they're okay. Like why is Gaeta five million? Uh, I mean Patrick Van Inhal is five point five, which I, I guess I understand, but it's kind of annoying. Um, you know, Millie went up to seven million, which just like that's it's, it's insanity. It really is. I, I suppose Townsend stayed at his price, uh, but you know, Beckham Sorloff isn't even in, listed. You know, sadly, I guess uh, he's not. He's not coming back. He's staying in Belgium or wherever he is right now. Which is very sad to our our patron, uh, our patron yeah. forward. Um, but uh, yeah, and I guess Zaha, the one move there is is Zaha moving to the midfield at seven million. But even he's he you know I mean. He's not going to be there, right? Like Zaha's almost definitely going to be moving this summer. You know, now that now that it's now that he's kind of put in the word that he wants out. Yeah, and then you do worry for Crystal Palace. They can't just play defense all season. They're losing all of their attacking players. They never solved the striker yeah. problem last season. It was just Zaha trying to do his thing and and set Millie up for uh, penalties. Yeah. So, hey, if if Zaha leaves, Milivojevic becomes. Uh, just like a non-starter yeah, because who's going to win really penalties? That's really true. It's guy. sad. Yeah, like Max Meyer is at five point five million. Like Max Meyer didn't do anything last year. One goal and three assists in the season. How is it five point five million? Like this team is priced like they're like <laughs> Everton level good or something. And they're. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I like Pal. I like this team. I actually like watching Palace play, and I like Hodgson as a manager. But uh, from a fantasy point of view, yeah. I just don't think there's any real value here. Meyer and Schlupp in the midfield at 5.5. One of my um, big concerns for poor value is going below that price point. Who are the midfielders I want at 5.0 or 4.5? I I think maybe there some diamonds in the rough may emerge from promoted squads like Villa and Sheffield United, but I can't find a single one. I've had a number of team tinkers with Jorginho in there at 5 million it, yeah. with this allure of, of him taking penalties with Hazard um, not being on the squad anymore. But that's totally I, I will give I, you. I will give you $5 from my wallet. I will put it in your hand. If, if game week one begins and you actually have Jorginho in your team, there is no chance. That Jorginho actually makes your game with one squad. <laughs> and if you do, $5, that is not yeah. a bet. I will just take the money out of my pocket. I'll make sure I have the five with me. And, you know, when the match starts right, I won't Friday, have to break it yeah, for you. you have to break it for me. Uh, you may have to break it. I'll, okay. I'll have a bartender break it, you know, the 20 or whatever. Okay. I will just yeah. give that to you if you have Jorginho on your team because there's no chance. The, the, that guy is not a fantasy asset. I'm sorry. He's not. 
Yeah, at five at five point oh, it's just littered with guys like that on on decent teams. That's the Terrera level, the Conte level, yeah. the the uh, Matic level. Um, but I'm struggling to see where the four point five five point oh. Oliver, where Oliver, are the James Ward Prowse? Oliver Norwood, man. I, I I just think you know at that point, like if you're gonna have Jorginho, you might as well just take a punt on one of the promoted teams. You know, they, they're always a bunch of cheap players. Yeah. There's always somebody who ends up being decent value in those teams you know it's like just grab one of them like i'd rather have them over like yeah. the 12th best fantasy asset on chelsea or whatever so um right. I, I i bring this up because i I've, I've been seeing Jorginho on a lot of draft teams as well too i'm just like no sorry you know yeah all right we have we have a question from one of our listeners mike mulcahy he wants to know about benjamin mendy is there any reason to expect anything from Mr. Mendy yeah. this season. He came in priced at 6 million, explosive at the start of last season, suffered again with injuries and he's has these weird freakouts between him and Pep about his his behavior off off the field. I don't see any reason to be punting on Mendy in the preseason going into game week 1. Seems is seems he even risky. a starter in that team anymore? I mean, like, I guess this is a question easier answered after we see some preseason matches with Manchester City. But yeah, I agree. I think Zinchenko is he was a guy good. who could actually be a breakout player this yeah. season, and he's priced at five point five. That's a huge value proposition for Manchester. Yeah, City. I mean, you know, Mendy has been with with the club for two years now. He's played a total of seventeen matches over the over those two years in the Premier League. Um, you know, he's had two massive injuries over the last couple of years. They just gave a new contract to Zinchenko, um, who played well, you know, down the stretch. I, t- I mean, Mendy to me, it represents bad value, even at 6 million. And I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in like my hater mode right now. We need to get out of this question so I can be more positive, but uh, I don't, I don't see it with, I don't okay. see it with Mendy. I don't see it with Palace. Brandon, I just, I just, I'm not seeing it. Uh, even with your beloved Jorginho, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question question three of questions about the 2019-20 FPL season. Uh, here's the question. Is it actually possible to have two expensive forwards this year? Jeff Jeff Schma chimes in. Is the premium striker dead? Well, I, maybe. I mean, the, the double striker situation seems dead. This, I mean, I like it's It's very cyclical, you know? Like, we're going to get... 12 weeks into the season and, you know, Robertson and Van Dyke are going to be injured, you know, and suddenly you're going to have all this extra money in your team. And the talk is going to be about whether you can fit three expensive forwards into your team, you know, or whatever. It's like that's, you know, it's it like it will change. But yeah, at the moment, I don't know how you could justify it if you want to have one or more of these seven million um, Liverpool players in your squad, these, yeah. you know, the defenders. I think it's shaping up to be fun. It's it's it looks like it's going to be one of those seasons where some real hard decisions are going to have to yep. be made, and a premium striker, at least one, will emerge in the first month of the game where we're all wild carding to rearrange our teams, be it Aguero or Kane or Alba or, or who knows who. At least yeah, one I, will come forward. Yeah, I mean, and what's interesting too is that I mean, the, you know, if we define a premium striker as a striker who costs. What do we want the cutoff to be? Like nine million, nine point five million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if the cutoff is over over nine point five million, it's only three players, right? It's right. Aguero, Aubameyang, and Kane. Uh, even if you go below that, you know, um, you know, Lacazette, Firmino, Jesus, 
Um, I mean, if you had Vardy and Kane up front, is that a, is that a two premium striker formation or is that one in like one kind of mid tier forward? Yeah, people will debate it. It would feel kind mm-hmm. of like two premiums to me. Yeah, almost right. It's like mm-hmm. right on the right on the border. Yeah. Like nine feels less premium to like nine point five for like De Bruyne feels premium for the midfield bracket, but it doesn't feel as premium to me for the forward bracket. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's it's yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's going to be hard to have a bombing. That's for sure. I mean, I can understand having Kane and Aguero, but I don't know how you fit a bombing into your team. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, question four. Who are the breakout candidates for the 2019-20 FPL season? I mentioned Zinchenko. I think he if he if he locks down that left back spot, he could easily be a breakout player. Any other mm-hmm. players jump out at you? Yeah, a couple. I mean, these aren't going to like surprise anyone that much, but I think, um, you know, David Brooks and Dwight McNeil are the two that, um, you know, we talked about McNeil a little bit already, but he just looks fantastic, you know, and he's, he's big too. Like he's got a, he's got a big body. Like he looks like he's, to be honest, he looks like he could play at a bigger club, you know? And I, I wonder if he's going to, you know, how much, how much longer Burnley can hold on to him. Cause I think he's, I think he's destined for like a top six club at some point. What's funny um, is uh, Dwight yeah. McNeil, Dwight McNeil, you talk about his big body. If you go to his profile on the FPL site and pull it up and you've got the picture of him, he looks very slight. This is, he does. I think, it's like a picture that was taken from five years ago when he just joined like the youth Academy. It's true. But have you like, do you, have you, do you agree with me? I mean, have you seen I him like, on the pitches? Yes. Yeah. To yeah. See him To see him in the flesh on TV, he looks much bigger than the FPL site would lead us to believe. And it's funny because um, the other the other player that I mentioned, uh, David Brooks, is kind of the opposite where he's he's kind of he's pretty slight, you know, and he looks mm-hmm. he looks young, too. He looks like he's like 15 years old, uh, but he has just been spectacular for Bournemouth. And um, I, I think that he can have a huge season. Um, he's, you know, 6.5 million. So it's not like he's he's not great value or anything, but just as like a breakout fantasy player, like someone who can have a huge season. Um, I yeah. think that he is like a you know, prime candidate for it. Yeah, some people are talking about Kyle Walker Peters on Spurs. I, don't, I just don't know how seriously to take this talk that Walker Peters could displace Kieran Trippier uh, on that right hand side for the Spurs defense. But 5.0, if that actually yeah. comes to pass, you could relive that great hat trick of assist <laughs> game that Walker Peters had last season. I just feel like I'm not like I'm kind of done doing the the Tottenham Hotspur fullback thing, you know. Like well, it, it died with like... Ben Davies when Ben or Ben Davis when when he went away as an option. So yeah, so did our love for the Spurs fullbacks. Totally. I mean, just I would just rather get Vertonghen, you know, and like sacrifice a little attacking threat for a player that I know is going to play, you know, every single yeah. match. Um, yeah. yeah, and then one other player, Brennan. Uh, we've got an American in the Premier League this year. We do. Who is he? A Yankee. A Yank. Uh, his yeah. His name is Tim Ream. Uh, he is moving to Manchester City. Uh, dream move. Starting center back. The dream move for Tim Ream. Uh, no, uh, Christian Pulisic is coming to the Premier League. Yes, we still don't know what he's priced at, but he will be. Uh, he'll be roaming the midfield for the Chelsea Blues. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I really hope that he does some good things. I do not want another. Josie Altador level American scapegoat, like when Josie was at Sunderland. Just for right. for Pulisic's sake, I think he is a talented player. I mean, he's got many more bona fides than than the likes of Josie. He's played in the Champions League. He's done things with Borussia yeah. Dortmund. 
Totally. And they need, they need creativity up there. They're going to need a player like him. Like he is, he is not, we talked about this last week, you know, he's not, he's not heating his art. He's not going to fill that spot. He's not going to get you 18 goals and 11 assists or whatever next season. But I, I just think he could have a great season for an 8 million midfielder or whatever mm-hmm. he comes in at, you know? Um, and yep. I think he could be a player that, you know, a ton of us have, um, you know, at some point uh, during the season. Definitely. I could see um, shifting a couple of 6 million mids around to squeeze in an 8 million Pulisic on a punt. Definitely. Yeah, totally. Maybe like I've got Bernardo Silva in my team right now. Like maybe I, maybe Silva moves to Pulisic at some point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question before we take a quick break. Number five, is this the year to go four at the back? Finally, we're talking about defense. So mm-hmm. much talk about premium defenders coming out of last season. Liverpool just blew every other FPL asset out of the water. Robertson, he's the first defender ever to score more than 200 points in a season's mm-hmm. FPL. Uh, incredible. Red Dagger, who is a noted Liverpool fan, writes in, I would like to know how much you think of going with four premiums at the back, given the value of the point return of defenders last season. So uh, I guess we could split it into two separate questions. One is, would you play four at the back this season, uh, mm-hmm. and just in terms of tinkering with formations? And how much money are you willing to spend back there? Right now, I have three defenders over $6 million, and that that's a huge outlay of cash just for the defense. Yeah, I, I don't know yet. I mean, I've got a, I've got a three at the back right now. Um, I do have Robertson Van Dyke uh, in my in my team. I I'm fine with four at the back. I actually think this probably is the season that it makes sense to do it. Um, I wish there was a cheap third striker, you know, like someone who was really inexpensive who you could you could slot in as a rotational third striker. Um, I know I know you could just put in a four point five million player and just never play them. I I'm sort of of the opinion that I. It's hard for me not to want to have forwards, you know, because they yeah. they score, you know, yeah. uh, and you you need you need goals to do well in fantasy. So I I, I tend to want to have them at some point, um, and I just philosophically I'm just not like I don't know. I mean, like I I get it. I, I think it works. I mean, you know, I, I would like to. I, I wish I would like had kept a record of all my formations last year and to see how many times I had played four at the back. I, mean, I probably did it at least ten times last year. So I think um, you can go to the yeah. a new PLA site and they'll give you that information. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I should. Maybe you can't anymore. Uh, yeah. since the game relaunched. But oh well. Yeah, but sorry. Like, regardless, like you know, twenty five percent of the last season, I probably played four at the back. Um, so. I, I'm not like, I don't, I don't see an issue with it. I just, uh, something has to be sacrificed, you know? I mean, every year this is the case, you know, do you sacrifice money in your midfield? Do you sacrifice money up front? Do you sacrifice money in defense? You can't have, like, you have to find some spots to put some 4.5, 4 million players, or it just doesn't work, you yeah. know? Um, and we might not luck into another Aaron Wambasaka this season, you yeah. know, some 4 million, some cheapo 4 million that you can actually just start every game week. Yeah. Uh, so if that's the case, then, uh, you know, I don't know. It just in general, the 4.5 million defender spot on like a promoted team tends to be a good place to find some good cheap assets, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I do that, that would be the sort of the argument against is that I wonder if I could get away with sort of rotating some cheapo, you know, um, defenders in that, in that third defender spot. And that's kind of yeah. the way that I find the money for the rest of my team yeah i think the issue with defense right now is there are three um primary targets liverpool 
uh, all expensive defensive assets, especially the ones you want. Manchester City, you want the dreaded word coverage. And then uh, to complicate matters, Lucas Dean at 6.0. Everton have an incredible run of fixtures to start the season. Yeah. So the decision I think we're going to have to make over the course of the next month is, is what of the Liverpool defensive double up? What of Manchester City's defense? And how much faith do you actually have on this Everton side? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, it's funny because I have Pickford in my as my keeper right now, and I'm just like as like my like my like sole keeper. Right? I've got Pickford, and then I've got Button at four million, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, but I don't even really want Pickford, you know. And it's like it's sort of it's funny how you start building these teams, and at some point, like common sense has to take over a little bit, you know. Like I had a draft of my team where I had uh, I had Allison, I had Van Dyke, and I had Sadio Mane. And I was like, how did I draft a team where my Liverpool coverage are the fourth, fifth, and sixth Liverpool players I want? You know, like if I was ranking them in order, like I would rather have, you know, Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Salah, you know, followed by these three players. So, um, and when something like that happens, you just have to rip your team up and and kind of rethink it again, you know, because you end up making these weird compromises and then one compromise forces another compromise yeah. and suddenly you're like, I don't like anyone on my team. I hate my team, you know? <laughs> and then you've got to, yeah. and then you got to be sort of tough with yourself and be like, all right, who are like the three or four players that I really, really yeah. want? You know? So that's, that's where I am right now. You do have to hand it to FPL. They saw this big at the back trend coming a mile away yeah. and they yeah. have made it difficult for us. So yeah. Yeah. Well totally. played FPL. Well played. Um, but yeah, I think you need at least uh, two of those Liverpool defenders. They're, they're, this beginning of the season is great. You know, one thing uh, to note, um, they have, it won't be a big issue for the start of the season, but long term they have, um, I think they have home matches after a significant number of their Champions League matches this fall. Uh, which would be a great time for them to like, like fairly straightforward home matches, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a great chance for him to rotate for, for Klopp to rotate some of his defenders. So that is the one area where I'd be a little concerned about being doubled up with the, with the defense, uh, yeah. which might tilt me towards a Van Dyke over a Trent Alexander Arnold, you know, just for the, the security of knowing that Van Dyke's going to play virtually every match. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, especially with Van Dyke. All right, shall we take a quick break and come back and and finish questions 6 through 10 of the upcoming FPL season? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Brandon, we're back. We've got five more questions about the 2019-20 Fantasy Premier League season. Uh, Sex question is a a question and a complaint at the same time, Brandon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why are the goalkeepers so expensive this year? What's going on? Why, they, why is there? There's not a good cheap like. If everyone is talking about having Tom Heaton, then you know something's gone drastically wrong. Yeah, it, it's it's truly insane. As we mentioned, the prices uh, the prices dropped first with Lucas Fabianski of West Ham at five million. Just sort of like hands up shrug emoji. Like, what is the point <laughs> of this? <laughs> Uh, I mean, Lee Grant, backup keeper at Manchester United, 5.0. Does FPL know something? We don't know. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, Lee Grant's been kicking around for a long time. It's not like he's some, he's not, he's, he's no Angus Gunn or something, you know, or he's just, he's in potential. So I, the Pickford to me is the most insane one. I, I, I will admit I did not realize that he was the third, uh, the third highest scoring goalkeeper last season. 
I feel like that was a little inflated, though. He had a couple penalty, penalty saves. saves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So three penalty saves will get you up there. I mean, that's not that's not a replicable thing, you know. And you, not necessarily, anyway. I mean, and so you take those away, and then he's back in that Lloris Fabianski Keppa camp, you know. Even yeah, like just above Dubrovka, perhaps, you know. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, 5.5 is insane. It's, it's insane that I have my team considering how like disgusted I am with that price. Uh, but Brandon, this is the, this is the goalkeeper complaint corner. So if you've got a complaint, man, (laughs) now's your chance. Well, I think that's where I started to, um, try to save some money instead of trying to plug in Ederson or Allison and goal, just Mm -hmm. take it at least back down to the 5.5 level. Mm -hmm. I stumbled upon, uh, Keppa as a mm-hmm. 5.5 keeper of choice. Hmm. Uh, Hugo Lloris last season edged Keppa out, but as we were saying with Pickford, that's based on his two penalty saves and um, just beats Keppa by three points on the season last season. Keppa keeps 14 clean sheets over Lloris. Okay, say what we, we were talking about Chelsea earlier in the pod and, and how weird a team they are in the offseason and what are they going to look like. They still have a really solid veteran defense with mm-hmm. Alonzo, Aspilicueta, David Luiz, um, yep. and uh, Rudiger, I think, really came um, strong as a as a great central defender last season. Yep. So I do wonder, uh, without the Europa League distractions, if Chelsea could be an interesting way to go with the goalkeeper. Yeah, I think that's really creative um, and interesting. I hadn't actually... I've not heard a lot of people talk about Kepa, um, so... Yeah, I mean that makes sense. They they have a kind of tricky run. The problem with having someone like Keppa is that you really want to have them. Um, you you don't you, you, you like you would just want to have them be your sole keeper, you know, and you got a four mm-hmm. million player. And I feel like they have a couple yeah. tricky matches. I feel like I want I at least want somebody to get me through my first wild card, you know. And so it's I guess that's point. kind of what, what I was thinking with Pickford, but I I don't know. I, I don't think Pickford stays my team ultimately. I guess I maybe Ederson. You know, I mean, I've got a spot for a third, for a third Man City keeper. So maybe he a third Man City I mean, player. A third Man City, no keeper, Brandon. I'm I'm gonna break <laughs> the game. I'm gonna. I to me, De Bruyne is such a great covering, you know, midfielder that he's like a keeper to me. So if yeah. I have him, it's like having another keeper uh-huh. uh, in Man City. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't see any great value at all right now. I think it's ultimately going to have to come from these promoted teams. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, because all every mediocre mid table club has a five million keeper this season for no strong reason, as far as, as far as I can tell. I mean, Bernd uh, Leno yeah. at Arsenal is is an interesting one, but they're sure that team is a mess. But their fixtures are crazy. Their first match is away Newcastle, home yeah. Burnley, not bad. Then it's Liverpool and Spurs back to back. It's kind of a disaster for Arsenal, and I think yeah. Leno. While it's compelling at 5.0, it's just not going to get you there at the start of the season. No, I, I don't think so either. And uh, I mean, I guess, you know, Heaton is the one that keeps coming up. But I mean, it's just even though I think both of us are feeling a little high about some of the Burnley assets. I mean, that that team was was not good last season and their defense mm-hmm. was not very solid. I mean, I think did they keep was it was it seven total clean sheets on the season? Um, I mean, for for a team like Burnley, I know they're not like, you know, a top six club and they're not going to keep like 22 or whatever in the season. But seven is 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 quite low. And and they're bringing back the same team. 
you know, effectively. So, I mean, is, is Dwight McNeil's, you know, continued rise going to be enough to to elevate this team? I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the rise of McNeil, the rise of McNeil. Yeah. And, and the Heaton thing, I mean, are we 100 percent sure that Heaton is the starting keeper going into next year either? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Nick Pope was fantastic, uh, yeah. you know, just two seasons ago. He gets injured, uh, opens the door for Joe Hart and Tom Heaton. But I mean, Pope may be actually the the preferred keeper there. So, yeah, um, you know, I think it's that one. I don't think it's as open and shut as some people seem to be making it out to be. I wonder if Casper Schmeichel is the standout favorite in the five million range. I mean, uh, Lester's fixtures are kind of a disaster to start the season. And actually, you look at just like yeah. the, the color grading system and, and it's, it's a minefield. Other right. issues that you have with Lester is Harry Maguire going to make that move to Manchester City that's been rumored right. and what's that going to do the def- to the defense. But say that team stays intact, I think I would pick Lester as um, a team that's going to challenge for Europa League this season. And Schmeichel is just a really quality shot stopper. So I have my eye on him. I like that. And especially if you're, if you're willing to spend 9.5 million, then you could have Schmeichel and a 4.5 million keeper, you know, mm-hmm. and in that case, maybe you could like, you know, like, like Dean Henderson, for example, was, um, was on loan with Sheffield United last season for Man United. If he gets another year on loan, then I, you know, that like that those two teams rotate pretty well, Leicester and Aston Villa. So so that might work out uh reasonably well. Um or Sheffield United, excuse me. Um Aston Villa, I actually don't know that Aston Villa's keeper situation is any more sorted right now. So um I don't know. So like maybe maybe there's maybe like maybe you rotate with him with one of the promoted teams or something like that. So that's hey, kind of a that's a good Tim Cruel, he's back, baby. Yeah, so maybe it's cruel. I mean, but cruel <laughs> is like he's not going to start, right? No, I, I have no idea. We, we, we talked about goalkeepers for so long, Josh. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we'll talk more and we're going to do team previews starting, you know, with next, with the next podcast. So we'll, we'll get more into all of these teams uh, as we go. Uh, all right, Brandon, the next question is uh, how big of an impact will the big positional changes have on the game? We talked about this a little bit already, but um, there are some pretty significant uh, moves that have happened. Um, I think uh, the the one that could end up being the biggest, I think, actually, is Will Zaha moving back into the midfield. Um, yeah. Because if, if Zaha moves to Arsenal, then um, you know, seven million Arsenal midfielder uh, would be you know, great value. You know, when they have a run of you know really strong fixtures. Yeah, I I like Zaha. I like that move to put him back into the midfield. The Matt Ritchie move to defense it, it, with a price tag of 5.5. Maybe he takes penalties or he plays out of position. He plays farther forward. He takes um, corner kicks. But I cannot envision a world in which I have a Newcastle defender at 5.5 regardless of the situation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially because, you know, I think is it is it LaSalle's? Uh, I think he came in at so he, yeah, Jamal Lasells is four point five million. That's just, Great yeah, player, <laughs> captain of the team, starts every match when he's healthy. I mean, you know, that's that's way. I'd much rather have him over Matt Ritchie. Yeah, what do you think about the Diogo Jota move, making him a striker? Because if you look at the prices between him and Jimenez, yeah. seven point five Jimenez, six point five Jota. I actually like that, and and even though I share your concerns about the Europa League issue and the and the rough fixtures to start the season jota could emerge as a big big time fpl asset this season 
Totally agree. You know, we talked really about the price predictions. I, I thought he'd come in at 7.5 million. He came in at 6.5 million. It's a lot of really interesting 6.6 to 6.5 million forwards, um, you know, going into the season. Um, and I think that, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, maybe it doesn't start off. Maybe, maybe we don't actually have Jota until game week 14 or something, you know, <laughs> like maybe it takes a while, but I do think that Jota will be in my squad at some point this season. I just don't, I just don't see myself having him the first yeah. like six weeks or so. The Iosi Perez to midfield was a wild one. I mean, he's been a forward in the game forever. And yeah, um, maybe it's the big guy, little guy situation he had going on with Rondon last season um, that forced this move with FPL. It does just seem bizarre. It seems unnecessary. I, yeah, I, like he is a forward, right? I is mean, it because like, they moved yeah. Richie out of midfield and they had a mid midfield spot at Newcastle <laughs> to fill? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, there's probably like some Newcastle fans like screaming at the at their headphones right now or whatever. But like, let them I, scream, Josh. Let them scream. Yeah, I thought that was a f- like that. That felt like too like over tinkering or something. Like he was fine as a yeah. as a forward. So yeah. I I think they like do it for balance or something, you know. But I mean, the problem now he's now six point five million midfielder for them, and and you know Miguel Almiron is point five million cheaper and i think i'd rather have almiron going to next season than than jose perez yeah very excited to see what almiron does he's he has put on some highlight clinics in the um in the uh, copa america this summer yep, yep. Uh, so yeah we're a little biased because we just saw paraguay brazil a couple days ago but yeah uh, that was that yeah. was a very fun match yeah in, indeed so let's see who are the who are the strikers now on Newcastle. Let's see their forwards. Do they even have any forwards in the game at this point? <laughs> well, they uh, don't have. They, yeah, well, they haven't signed. And uh, they haven't signed Rondon, so it's yeah. yeah I mean, it could be a, a, a you know just a duo of Joselu and Muto next season. Just just tearing <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I think it was it wasn't like the big sticking point with Benitez that Mike Ashley didn't want to pay for. Um, for Rondon because he's like 30 years old and he just like, he has no sell on value. And so they just don't want to spend yeah, the money Mike, or something. Mike Ashley just seems like a cool, cool guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Did I just call him Mike Dean, by the way? I think I might've done that. Mike Ashley, of course. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next question. Uh, we waited a long time for this one, but we would already been talking about it a little bit. Uh, Liverpool, Man City. Um, how many players do you expect to have? total let's say total so you could have up to three players from any one team how many do you think you will have in your team going into game week one i guess it's going to be four to five players right now i have two from each city Mm -hmm. and liverpool and it goes to what we were saying it's just so many expensive players that i want and I think it's that tinkering mode where you want a little bit of everything. You really want to diversify your portfolio. Yeah. So I, I can see this changing heading into game week one. But if if I have big players from other teams, I just can't afford three from each. Though that that does feel like a good play. What what about you? Are you going to have yeah, six? I've got five right now. I'm definitely going to have three Liverpool. Um, probably two defenders and a midfielder. Um, I will have one of mine. I think you almost have to. Um, I, you know, I think that there's what, what will happen. I mean, it's just Norwich at home, Southampton away in their first two. I think that you, you know, you're probably going to pick a captain from from one of your Liverpool players. Um, I, I, I'm not going to get too caught up in ownership percentages right now. I mean, Jimenez is at like 50 percent ownership, but that's also because he's the auto pick player that everybody has mm. right when you just mm-hmm. join the game. 
So, you know, I don't take that stuff too seriously until we're closer to game week one. But I think you, you're going to need to have some some like coverage because um, these players are going to be so heavily captained. I, I don't know if that applies as much to Man City because it is it's pretty spread around over there. And like I, I have not had a version of my team yet where Raheem Sterling fits. I, I Kane would have to go, I think, to make that happen. Um, but, you know, but I, I really like I mean, Bernardo Silva came in at eight million. That was uh, 0.5 cheaper than I was expecting. Um, that both of us were expecting, um, you know, and, uh, and Kevin De Bruyne at 9.5 million, he had a really tough season last year, but I think that, um, you know, he should slot right into that starting lineup, you know, beginning of game week one. So I worry that he's going to get treated a little more carefully this year, you know, like Mm -hmm. if he gets kind of the David Silva treatment where it's like two games on one game off, if so, he'd really, you can't have him basically in fantasy because, um, He's just too expensive for a player that you don't trust to start all the time. At least he has um, yeah, had so that's, that's the. Uh, at least he's had the summer off, De Bruyne. I think playing playing virtually every game during City's title winning season a couple seasons ago, then straight right. into the World Cup, probably yep. just led Didn't to help. all those injuries. Yeah, but it's tw- like it's Christian Eriksen, right? Same same thing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I don't have a, a Man City defender right now. Um, I would like to, but I mean, yeah, it's just like it throws off your balance. You know, I mean, if you have yeah. three Man City players and three Liverpool players, you're talking about something like, I don't even know, like 50 million or something like that, yeah. you know, tied up yeah. in those in those six players. <laughs> um, and then yep. you still have to find the money for you know, 50 million for nine additional players. It's like totally unbalanced yeah. it's like the los angeles lakers next year you know just two stars yeah. and nothing else so right uh yeah i don't i don't see that as like a winning fantasy strategy i think that you just have to accept that you're going to miss out on some goals from some of these top players and that's just that that's the price you're gonna have to pay to have like you know three or four decent midfielders through the middle yeah i have keppa and goal laporte van dyke and dean and it feels like i have a little bit of everything but also a whole lot of nothing like i don't have the exact best player in those positions that I want. Like I have Van Dyke instead of Trent or Robertson. I have right. Laporte instead of Ederson, who is probably the best goalkeeper heading into game week one, considering that you wouldn't want to waste a Liverpool position on Allison. Right. And then Dean just sucking up a ton of budget. So I think that there's a lot of work that I can do there to get closer to what I want. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm tending to agree with what you're saying. I wonder if eventually Allison is the keeper I end up with. Just just to simplify things a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. Rabo, Mo Salah, and, and Allison, and that's my three, you know, and then it just solves my goalkeeper problem for the entire season. You well, know? imagine this, I guess, interesting to uh, have a mathematician write in like, okay, so if, if rotation gets to Pochettino levels of concern with the fullbacks with Robertson and Trent, if you're rolling out Van Dyke and Allison and you're just sucking up all of those clean sheet points, is that a way to sidestep the yeah. attacking and the bonus returns just, that you're getting from those yeah. fullbacks? It, I, I don't think it is. I think you need one because, I mean, can you imagine like going the whole season without having one of those fullbacks, if not both of them, on Liverpool? I mean, yeah, you wouldn't even enjoy the matches. It'd be, it'd be so stressful, you know? So, uh, I think I've, I've just got to have going one. through this, yeah. this stupid, this, 
you know this logic that you go through of like, well, Trent and Robertson, like Liverpool enjoyed an entire season, even in Europe, of letting their fullbacks exploit every other team. Mm-hmm. Can you see another season of that happening? Like, wouldn't they just, wouldn't the opposing teams just squash these fullbacks? But of course, it's just easier imagined in your mind and and, and said out loud yeah. than actually done. Like, of course, they'll continue to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. And like someone's like, the, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, yeah, if, like if Salah and Mane both get injured, then it'd be easier, I guess, right? Because they have to, teams have to clog up the midfield a little bit too. So it's, yeah, yeah it's tricky. Uh, all, right, all right, two more questions. Yep. Uh, question number nine, and we talked about this a little bit already, but just uh, who are the non-top six options you're looking at? Uh, we had a question from AJ. says, um, are you expecting Bournemouth to continue their attacking prowess this year? I says, for uh, for some reason, looking at my team with two Bournemouth attacking assets feels like it's too many. So, Brandon, let's talk about Bournemouth for a second. Yeah, Bournemouth, I agree with AJ here. Um and Bournemouth really, truly did fall away near the end of the season. Yes. Uh, David Brooks also um, getting injured. Um, he, was, he was a real spark plug there. And, mm-hmm. and Wilson uh, kind of blew up a lot of our, our late season plans by by not scoring mm-hmm. and letting Josh King take up all those attacking returns. I'm not really feeling it. I, I think that Bournemouth flattered themselves last season. They're, they're kind of a lower mid-table club. And uh, the they, my favorite players would be Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson, and I'm really fearful that they've been priced out of the game at seven five and eight respectively. So I'm feeling down on them. And David Brooks is the one Bournemouth player that I have in my current tinker, and that's just solely based on that really um, attractive price tag of six point five. I've got Brooks too. It's funny because we have not shared our teams with each other yet. It's amazing how many similar like decisions we've made. Uh, I, ha- I have Brooks right now as well. He's my fourth midfielder. Um, I-, I still have Billy Sharp up front. We'll see if that lasts with along with Delafeo. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've got I've got Brooks right there. So yeah, I think uh, just you know, I mentioned Delafeo already. I think that he is slightly under under the radar. I'm not entirely sure why. I just don't feel like anyone's really talking about him yet. Um, I know that they have a tough long-term run of fixtures um, do Watford. But uh, the first four matches are all quite good. Uh, they play Brighton at home on game week one, uh, Everton away in game week two, which is which is not that bad of a fixture. I'm not sure why that uh, gets a four on the fixture difficulty ranking uh, on the fantasy <laughs> site. Uh, they mm-hmm. play West Ham at home in game week three and Newcastle away in game week four. To me, that is three excellent fixtures out of four. And even that fourth one isn't that bad. So yeah, you have him for four weeks, but we've already been talking about all of these great six point five million forwards. You just you just move them on after that. Um and yeah. so I, I definitely like him as a pick. And um yeah, I think it's either Brooks or um Josh King for me for that um yeah. that Bournemouth spot. Yeah. I, I agree. Two does seem like too much. I they they did really kind of capture light in a bottle the first half of last season. I I had actually I thought there was like an outside chance they might get relegated going into last year, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then Callum Wilson and, and, and Fraser out of the back, you know, out of the gate were just so good. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. And their, and their defense is just uh, they need to be bringing in some more players, you know, for us to have any, any faith in their defense. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're all cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if they do, it'd be great. You know, I mean, I would have Begovic again, you know, Begovic's a fantasy player. It'd be great. 
David Geckel on the Born and the Tip asked the question, what team will be this year's Bournemouth? Yeah. Um, this is a total flight of fancy, but what do you think about West Ham this season? Pellegrini yeah. working any type of magic with that squad? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, it kind of depends on what happens with Yarmolenko. You know, we talked about him just you and I, when you and I met up last week. And, you know, he's down yep. to six million in the game. Looked really good before he got injured. I, is he fully healthy and back to full strength? I guess I'm not sure the answer to that question. Yeah, it's a good one that we should put a pin in for preseason. And West Ham will be one of those teams where we see who who is contributing. Is it Antonio still? Is Arnie still with the club? How's Felipe Anderson looking? Yeah, I could even see Felipe Anderson as the type of player who just, you know, puts in for a, can I move to a different country, please? Because it's weird here. Yeah. Um, So yeah, lots of unanswered questions because I feel like there's so much potential yeah. Uh, with the West Ham squad. That's an interesting shout. I hadn't even considered them. Um, although the team I was considering was kind of, it's kind of the same thing, actually. Uh, it's it's Watford, uh, who I've talked about already. Mm-hmm. And um, they're kind of like Bournemouth last year, you know, where they have a team. Yeah, they, they kind of did the same thing, you know, in, in yeah. an unsaid way, unstated way. Yeah, like kind of the same team, at least so far, same manager, uh, the kind of players that you're not, you're not completely sure if they're going to be able to replicate what they did. But they have a lot of young, talented players who are, you know, who sort of came through that squad, you know, last season. And um, I don't know. I mean, like, it may not be Delafeo. He may not end up being the, the 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 guy there. But, I mean, you know, Perea looked really good at times last season. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, even, even like Andre Gray, even the defenders. Um, Decore, baby. Decore, of course, yeah. I, I wish it was 5.5, you know. Six yeah. million does seem uh-huh. a little high, but yep. yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, just as long as you stay away from Holobos, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, potential there. Um, I mean, all, all this said, if we're talking strictly about non-top six clubs, I think Everton and Leicester will be uh, the sure. teams with the highest level of potential. And Everton has the better start of those two. But I think yeah. those are the two big teams that could um, have great records this season. Totally. And I, I just don't see those as under the radar teams, you know. Uh-huh. Like, so, But yeah, yeah, I agree. I think those are the, the, two, the two easy candidates there. Um, all right. Final question, Brandon. Uh, are you excited about any of the promoted players? <laughs> um, I actually, so I had a great meetup with our producer, Chris Carter, who was here in New York um, uh, from England. And I got to have a drink with him. Lovely guy. And thanks for all your support, Chris. He's a Villa supporter. And he was getting me pretty excited about um, Villa midfielders, Connor Horahan and John McGinn. Mm-hmm. Um, again, tricky prices here, 6 million for, uh, a midfielder that you haven't seen play in the Prem and Connor Hurhan and John McGinn. I mean, these are, these are, um, names also that will be completely annihilated for our pronunciation. Though. <laughs> um, but McGinn at 5.5, this is kind of like, I, I get excited by promoted players just by fans talking about them. We were at the black horse and encountered some Norwich fans who are, who are saying, look out for Emiliano Buendia. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the man right. for your FPL teams when Norwich gets promoted. So there are other names that are bubbling up that I'm hearing of. I got to watch so go watch some of those um, YouTube sizzle reels with techno music. <laughs> yeah, there's really like there aren't a lot of players that, that are like on Norwich that 
we've known from previous it's amazing, like it's like almost full turnover i think alexander teddy is like the only name that i'm even like recognizing from this from this list of Norwich. russell martin isn't there anymore uh nope no martin there's a man named godfrey how's that, how's that? ben godfrey <laughs> <laughs> your, your man in Norwich. that's also the godfrey. name of Gil- gilbert godfrey's uh memoir Sounds like a john like like go go see a man named godfrey in norwich <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, we talked about Pookie already. Uh, I talked about Billy Sharp at length last week, so I won't do so again. But uh, I think that Billy Sharp is uh, is a really interesting asset. He's um, you should read about him too. He's got a um, some tragedy in his in his life, and uh, he kind of came came out the other side. And he's a uh, just I don't know. I'm just really rooting for him, and so I don't know if that's biasing me a little bit, but I I would love to see him uh, you know come out well out of the gates. Well. I find that compelling, Josh. I love a good story. I mean, that's always the best part of the Olympics, right? It's not actually watching the people play ping pong. Mm-hmm. It's hearing about all the trials and tribulations that that it took for them to get to the ping pong Olympics. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's uh that that's like that's the whole NBC. Like you barely watch matches during the Olympics in the United <laughs> States. It's just it's all it's all narrative. Speaking of the United States, Josh, FPL aside. There's there's a big competition happening right now. It's the Women's World mm-hmm. Cup. Big game between the US and England on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows who's going to win sure. that? But then there is the World Cup final for the women on Sunday. John Wallen, our friend on Twitter wants to know where are we watching the World Women's World Cup final in New York on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Well, are you are you around? Uh yeah, I am and I plan to be watching it, you know, somewhere. Cool. Well, if people are in New York and want to watch the Women's World Cup final, get in touch. Yeah. We can maybe uh, sort out a meetup. By somewhere, I meant it was almost definitely going to be the Black Horse in uh, Park Slope in Brooklyn. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. let's, yeah, let's do that. Everyone let's, knows that's where you let's, find let's, us. Yeah, let's plan a meetup. I think that'd be fun. Awesome. Great. So uh, thanks, John. Hopefully we can see you there. Yeah. Um, cool. So the, does that, did we answer all 10 questions that we had about the 2019, 20 premier league? I season? think so. FPL, I mean, this I is say. the, this is the time of the year when like, there's no point in trying to sound like an expert on all this stuff. You know, we've got, got plenty of time to dig into each of these teams, plenty of time to kind of see what, you know, what, what sort of the popular options are, who the game week captain, game week one captains are going to be like, you know, all that stuff will get sorted out in time, you know? And I think right now it's, you know, as I said, this at the top of the podcast, this is the information gathering stage, you know, learn as much as you yeah. can, you know, you're in, you're in school right now. And then like, and then in a month, that's when you start to like, you know, like really like hammer so you out, start your real hammer job. out your teams, you know? So, I mean, I, I get the fun of the hammer. I mean, I'm not like trying to be down on, on, you know, tinkering with your team or like that, but I just think it's, um, there's no point in taking it too seriously right now because it's, I'm sure it's going to change a million times. Hang loose. Have fun with it, guys. Exactly. All right. Let's sign off. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can support the Always Cheating podcast by visiting patreon.com slash always cheating. We rejiggered some of the tiers there and we're offering some cool stuff, including free bonus podcasts as soon as the season starts, our Slack channel, uh, T-shirts, producer credits, and the like. Speaking of producer credits, Josh, tell us... Uh, who are lovely producers? I will. Today. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Carl Rasmus, Lenny Granley, Chris Howell, Martin Savage, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Kaffer, 
the big gaffer, the big gaffer, uh, Baba's Coon, Jeff Hussey, Ben Grant, James Holland, Ovid Anderson, Jazz Binning, and Andy Penn. Uh, thank you to Jazz and Andy, our two newest uh, patron producers. And subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast so you don't miss a minute of our FPL preseason preview coverage. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are found. And if you'd be so kind, it helps uh, the podcast to be discovered and to grow. You can give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is that you subscribe. Give us a follow on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, H-A-I-L Cheaters. Instagram at Hail Cheaters. Facebook at uh, Always Cheating. Email us with your lengthy messages, hailcheaters at gmail.com. All this information and more is at our website, alwayscheating.com. And if you want to join the Always Cheating Super League, just go to alwayscheating.com. There's a link right there. Our um, our league code is very prominent, uh, and it's also prominent on our social media channels, just like you mentioned, Josh. Special shout-out, Josh, to Dave Wegner-Lodal, longtime friend of Always Cheating, that we finally had a face-to-face. So great meet-up with Christian Carter and uh, followed up with Dave Wegner-Lodal. A great week for meeting uh, the always cheating listeners. So thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll see you shortly for more preseason. That's coverage. right. And thank you to Pookie for being you. <laughs> Never change Pookie. <laughs>